Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by my brother, Kelvin Cox. If you too want to sponsor the podcast, go on patreon.com slash the Delvin Cox Experience. That's patreon.com slash the Delvin Cox Experience. There's free shows. There's plenty of content on there you can check out. Just go in there and check it out. It all starts at just a dollar. Peace. Support for the Delvin Cox Experience comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. You know, when I was in college, I really couldn't use Manscaped. I used to try to take a razor and cut near the meat bag, and that is not a good idea. Do not try that at all. Not only did it hurt, but, you know, it started, like, chafing and stuff, and it really started getting itchy and stuff. And then when I tried clippers, you know, the clippers after a while kind of get hot, so it didn't give me the experience that I kind of wanted to do with manscaping yourself. I think it's important to have good hygienal needs, especially in that area. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts, and that's very important. Manscaping accidents are a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer for your face that you use it on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGHEADS. B-I-G-H-E-A-D-S. BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. Always use the right tool for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BIGHEADS. Thank you. Now back to the podcast. Welcome to the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast, which each week I'm on a one-man mission to United Coastal University. I'm your host, Delvin Cox. And this week on the podcast, I got a special guest. Let them know who you are, brother. Not sure I'm that special, but this is Jason Dutch with uh, both Voice from the Underground, the podcast, as well as um, All Things Equal, the new um, blog. That's such a weird word to say, blog. Yes. Um, video uh, blog. Yes. So thank you for having me, my friend. Yeah, it's great having you on, brother. I, I did your podcast, what, a couple months? Well, yeah. more than a couple months back now. A few months back, yeah, a few yeah. months back. Definitely. I love that podcast. Time flies. Yeah, man, definitely. And Lots of happened since then, to say the least. <laughs> Dude, the news cycle is so ridiculous. Like, a lot happened since, like, today. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. every day it's something new. This is astonishing. Yeah, definitely. Before we get into that, 
Let's start the podcast off with the five for five, the way we start off yeah. every time. Five questions, five answers to get the ball rolling. Jason, are you ready? I am ready, Alex. Give me the, give me the uh, questions, Alex Trebek. <laughs> I should start doing that. Like, yeah. how's he doing? He phrases them in a, a question. How did he, I forget how he does it. I watched it. It's, uh, or uh, what is it? What's his face from Saturday Night Live where he goes, this is Black Jeopardy. <laughs> Welcome to Black Jeopardy. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. The guy from, I can't remember his name from, uh, is it from Keenan? Not Keenan Peel. Or no, was that show on Nickelodeon? It's like Keenan Thompson. Keenan Thompson. Yeah, Ke- that's yeah, right. Um, guys. All that hilarious. and Kale. Yes. Right. Question number one. Number one. What's the best album or song you listened to in the past year? Oh, man. Jeez. That's um, do, by the way. I... Now, if it's if we're talking about new stuff, I listened to about five tracks from that Eminem album, um, and that's the only album I think that I've listened to in the last year that's new. Okay. Um, but if we're talking about all time, I went through. Um, I I started working out about a year ago, about nine months ago. Now I've started going to the gym every day, so I've been playing Spotify, and I went through the whole Midnight Marauders album. That's a great album. Um. Yeah. I mean, like, there is not an, a minute of dead on that album. That, that album is one of about maybe 15 albums that I know of that is start to finish the best. So that would be my actual answer is Midnight Marauders by Tribe Called Quest. Great. Rest in peace, Fife. Definitely. Question number two. If you can have any position in government, uh-huh. No matter what it is, you don't necessarily have the qualifications for it or anything like that. What would you pick? Wow. Um, well, I don't have the qualification for it, but I think um, Attorney General would probably be where I would go of the United States. But I'm, I'm thinking strongly about running for U.S. Congress. Uh, I'm not qualified to be um, Attorney General, but... The, the attorney general, I mean, you hold a lot of power and you, you can do a lot of good there too. I think also maybe secondly, the secretary of education where we have the very odd fellow Ben Carson well, he's there not, now, yeah, yeah. Um, or I'm sorry, Betsy DeVos is, yeah, Betsy DeVos uh, is secretary of education. education. Sorry, I'm thinking of one and saying the other. Ben Carson uh, is the secretary of houses. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the other one. Those are the two. Those are the only two left. Yeah. I think. So they were of the original. So yeah, the, um, edu- the secretary of education would be great as well, because I think if we're going to fix equality in this country, it starts and ends with education. You know, you can't have, you know, every minority neighborhood having a crummy school and then, you know, the white people all move out and go start a new community and build a brand new school, school with a $10 million football field while they're playing on a dirt patch down the street. So um, I, I think I would come up with some pretty good policies and educations for, or, or, and um, um, policies, I guess is the best word to say for, for that um, to help fix our, our country. So that would be my answer. Educa- I'll, I'll go with secretary of education. That's a good answer. And the best thing about the answer is one, there's no wrong answer to this. And two, you can't be any worse than what's in power right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I'd do my best. Yeah. And I'd, I'd do my best, but it, it, I'd probably still fail, and I'd still be better than what they do. Yeah. 
question number three. Everybody's favorite question. What's the dumbest thing you did as a kid? Oh, geez. Um, that is a long list. Just don't say anything incriminating. <laughs> no, I would say I would say standing on top of a of a car playing mailbox baseball. Why did you stand on top of the car? Uh, so I was basically car surfing and playing mailbox baseball at the same time. It was a new sport. I was trying to get it in the Olympics. Because <laughs> <laughs> when, yeah. when you said I was standing on top of the car playing mailbox, I'm like, that's not how you play the game. You don't no, stand on top yeah, of the car. It was, I was combined. It was like basketball, right? That terrible movie. Yes. But I, I was taking car surfing and mailbox baseball and combining them into one just glorious sporting event. Who was driving? And how the hell you didn't bust your head wide open driving. falling off the car? Some, some guy that I don't even remember who he was. Some it's dude. Just, just, this is stupid in so many ways because yeah. if you don't remember who was driving, he was, <laughs> you trusted him with your life. I, luckily, I got those. Well, I knew who he was then. But I don't, I don't remember who it was now. That was probably in like 1993. So, yeah, long time ago. Oh, that was actually last week. Sorry, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> Question number four. What was your favorite childhood cereal? Oh, okay. This is a touchy one. Um, because my mom was like a healthy mom. Oh God. No. Yeah. And she would, she wouldn't buy me the, the, the sweet cereals, but that is awful. when I ever got a chance, it was, um, lucky charms. I love lucky charms though. The one that I, she would actually, I, I could convince her to actually buy would be frosted Cheerio. Frosted Cheerio is not bad. It's pretty good. Yeah. I don't even know if I they remember, make those anymore. I remember when I was growing up, my mom used to try to be cheap. And um, get like cornflakes. I said, just put yeah. sugar in it. Nah. Yeah. That doesn't. And then work. You end up with a a bowl of wet sugar at the bottom. Yes, you just is is more sugar and cornflakes in that in that bowl. Oh yeah, there's that. I had to do that all the time. I would put sugar on my cereal and like you might as well buy me the sugary cereal. I end up with less sugar. Yeah, like that's the whole thing. You might as well just buy yeah. the cinnamon toast crunch. Exactly. I was before Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I don't think that was out yet, but yeah, there was a lot of uh, Waffleos was another one that uh, I used to like, but that's been long gone as well. But yeah, I'd have to, of the ones my mom would actually buy, Frosted Cheerios would probably be the winner. Okay. I like Frosted Cheerios. Question number five. It's going to be a fun one. Zombie apocalypse happens. Yeah. You got to get out the house, take five things with you to survive. The family and kids don't count. They can walk, uh -huh. they can survive on their own. You don't, have to take, you don't have to physically take them. So give me five things you're going to take to survive the zombie apocalypse. It doesn't necessarily have to be in your house now, by the way. Okay, so I would, first of all, if there ever was a zombie apocalypse, I'm just going to go to Dick's Sporting Goods because they have food, they have Gatorade, they have all types of, you know, the, the healthy snacks that are non-perishable. They've got bows and arrows. They've got golf clubs. They've got baseball bats. They don't have guns, I don't think. But, and they've got a lot of freaking clothes and shoes and boots. I could live forever at Dick's Sport. I'd be like invincible in my own castle there. Um, but uh, 
as far as what I would take for my house, I mean, um, I'd have to take my gun. Um, I'd have to take uh, my, uh, I'd have to take my vape because I'd have to get a few days battery out of that just to relax. <laughs> um, I would uh, have to take my, assuming clothing counts, I have to take my Nike boots because those will help. Okay, the boots count. I was going to say yeah, clothing boots. count, but boots count. Yeah, the boots, because I'd have to take the boots with because you have to, uh, you know, have a durable pair of shoes. Um, I'd also probably take my baseball bat because, you know, for the short range uh, combat that I would be uh, involved in. And um, what's, the, what's more clever here? Um, I'd, maybe I'd have to take uh, my my fishing net so I could grab food out of the That's lake. Not bad. That's pretty good. Or not the fishing net, the pool net, I mean. Because I don't, I don't have a fish. There's no such thing as a fishing net that I'm aware of. There might be I the pool net so that I could go fishing with it and grab fish. It's oh, a good idea. Yeah. So I think there is a such thing as a fishing net. If I'm correct. There probably is, but you know what? Screw all that. I'm just going to Dick Sporting Goods. <laughs> and <laughs> I and I they've got the gate I can pull down. You can't even get in that son of a place. That is a good idea. Yeah, I'm just going to Dick's. Yeah. I'm trying to think. There's not that many Dick Sporting Goods down here. A lot of them closed down already. Dicks are closing down down there. Yeah. Oh, everything else is closing down here. Sports Sports Authority obviously is gone. Oh, that's gone too. <laughs> yeah, they've got. Um, they had this other one that was called um, Sports Chalet here in California. That's gone. But yeah, Dicks is still moving pretty good for now. I'm sure that Amazon and Walmart and those guys will suck them out of business soon enough. Yeah, pretty much. So, man, let them know about your podcast for those who don't know. So, uh, our Voice from the Underground is we like to, we, we have a little, um, I guess it's like a slogan that we use at the beginning of the show that I say, we are a gnarly spirited, super dope, and often mind numbing juxtaposition of politics and pop culture coming straight from the underground and into your ear balls. So if that didn't make any sense, where where politics and pop culture sort of collide together, um, we our goal is we take something from we have a guest on usually, and we take something from pop culture like a Marvel movie or a sporting event or um, you know any you know a TV show or whatever the case may be, and we'll just talk about it, and then we'll take some of the principles from that and we'll apply that you know, and, and that helps us usually with rapport with the guest. And then we'll take some of the principles and the socioeconomic or the sociopolitical um, um, lessons or um, the, whatever the, the protagonists are, are dealing with in that film and sort of juxtapose those over U.S. politics or real life or, you know, sociology, religion, that sort of thing, and, and sort of uh, try to answer some questions. And we also talk quite a bit about politics. You know, we're very anti-Donald Trump on our show. Um, now I should, I will say that does not mean we are anti-Trump supporter. We we're fine with talking to Trump supporters and we're fine with some conservative politics. Um, you know, as, as a centrist, I'm, I'm not a fan of Democrat politics either, but, uh, we, we have a lot of fun with, um, with the current administration. That's for sure. They get <laughs> a lot to talk about. So how did you guys come up with the concept for this podcast? And how did you guys even meet for that matter? Because it's a unique team. Yeah, we, 
um, I, I knew both of them from, from beforehand. I knew uh, Big Haas, who's our cigar aficionado. He has a little section on every show called Haas's Humidor, where he'll talk about a different cigar every week for about seven or eight minutes. Um, I, I, he and I were in a motorcycle club together um, for a number of years. And um, TJ, uh, I actually met through a friend of mine from the motorcycle club, um, but he had him join my softball team. So he was... Uh, Tia's a very athletic guy, but he was horrible at softball. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he, we, we met through the softball team and then, you know, I became friends with him on Facebook and then, you know, didn't talk to him for like two years. And then I noticed he was a radio host. So when I, when house and I were getting the podcast together, I was like, dude, I got to get in touch with this TJ guy and see if he's interested because he's got a really great voice for radio. Now I have a face for radio. He's got the voice for radio. So, um, it was a no-brainer with it, and and once he said yes, that was great. So he he and Haas, I think, had met once, but um, but other than that, they they didn't really know each other. So I sort of roped them all in and brought everything together. And and we Haas and I had came up with the concept basically by arguing on Facebook all the time, especially during the 2016 election. Yeah, it seemed like the 2016 election has brought many podcasts together to say the least. And um, just both good and bad, I think. Yeah, I think it's polarizing to say the least. And I think the where the climate of where we are today, a lot of that rides on that election, that pivotal point in our history. No, yeah, there's no question about that. And it, it even goes—I would even go as far as to say, it, with almost every aspect of the day, even when you bring in cancel culture and things like that. It all goes back to that election because, yeah, in my opinion, a lot of that stuff started because of Trump getting elected and people. Trump, well, Trump, Trump getting elected. We'll talk about that for a second, real quick, before we get into everything. Yeah. His whole okay. getting elected was essentially people going anti-establishment. Um, yes, and uh, there were a lot of people who, um, to quote. Jenk Ugner from Young Turks, he, has a, he said it in a good way. There's a high percentage of people who just want to throw a brick through the window. Yes. Um, and, and I get that, honestly. And, but there, there was a number of variables, uh, most of which was a backlash to Obama, I think. Um, but also the Democrats, they ran the worst candidate in the history of U.S. politics, maybe. You know, if not the worst, certainly one of the worst candidates in at least in the last 25, 30 years. She was a terrible candidate. She's unlikable establishment, disconnected Democrat, you know, who um, waffled her position whenever possible. So, you know, it, she was just terrible. And then what she did to Bernie didn't help either because a lot of the Bernie people did a protest vote, vote for Trump, not realizing that he was actually going to win because you had all these different factors coming into play back then um you know the 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 nationalism that he that he uh campaigned on was obviously you know it was transcendent to not just the republican party but to a lot of people who feel that hey you know and some and, and to some degree it's rightfully thought that you know hey you know what our our, cha- our culture is changing they're right our culture is changing um it comes down to are you are you cool with that change or are you going to try to fight to keep it the way that it was in the, in the 50s and 60s? Is that your idealistic picture of America? 
And if your idealistic picture of America is like a post World War II, you know, um, industrial capitalism and, you know, mother, father, family with two kids and a picket fence, then you're going to fight, you know, to keep that right or wrong um, going. And I, I, I at least understand the mind frame. I don't understand the, all of it, but I, I kind of understand where they're coming from. Talk about that for a fact. That's a, I think that's a big part of it. I think going back to when Obama was in office, a lot of these things, our climate kind of changed in, terms yeah. of, in a lot of positive ways. Not a way people thought wasn't so positive. One of the things I think that came about that is people came, became more acceptance of gays, lesbians, just that whole community. Right. As because we mean you're close to the same age, and I remember growing up and even in high school and stuff, being gay was shunned. People were treated gay people horrible. Right. And it was kind of a shift. It could have been a little bit before Obama. I think I want to say it was around that time. I I don't think Obama had anything to do with that. It, that was society was doing society, that. It yeah. just happened to be while he was in in office. office yeah, that that played a big part. Of it. I think people became more accepting of it. I think him being accepting of it also played a part into it in terms of how. Remember, he wasn't at the beginning. At though. first, he wasn't. Yes. Yeah, he 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 was swayed on that one. Yeah, and I think that plays a big part into how things go today because it seemed like America in that time when he, when he was in office became more accepting of different cultures and different people. Right. And a lot of people didn't like that. Yes. They like the idea that Haiti's a shithole country. I don't know if I could swear on here. Sorry. You can say whatever you want to say. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But you they, know, like, they, they like that idea at all. Oh, it's a, it's a terrible shithole. You know, the people there, they're living in, with, in urine with rats and roaches, crypts and bloods. And, uh, you know, it's just crazy to me that, like, you know, they, they look at communities that are poor and they look at them as being less. Yes. When typically they might be less from income scale and, like, you know, their place in society, but not less as a human being, you know, and that's, there's a, there's a difference there. You know, it's, and, and people don't think about it that way. Like, this is the thing with Americans, and, and I totally, Delvin, admit that I'm, um, I'm not beyond this bias, uh, that when, when something happens, <clears throat> for example, excuse me, like we have this hurricane coming. Um, Where I'm at? Florida, right? Yeah. Um, and actually, one of my co-hosts, TJ, is in Jacksonville, so hopefully he's able to avoid any peril with that but yeah but like we we care right we care about florida because it's florida yes if, if this hurricane were to hit um mexico or puerto rico. Uh, yeah or puerto rico or you know hurricanes can't hit africa but if they did people would be like oh that's so sad what's on tv again you know, and we are like that in America anyway, you know, even when it is in America anyway, like what happened with Houston a couple of years ago, but like we, we care, let's put it this way. I'll give, I'll give you a great analogy. If 10,000 people died in Pakistan in an earthquake tomorrow and two hours after that, Kim Kardashian died in a car accident, what will we talk more about? People will talk more about Kim Kardashian without a question. That's why people don't like America. 
Yeah. American culture <clears throat> praises the celebrity and highlights those type of aspects of things. Kind of all, almost to a selfish extent where we only think about ourselves in terms of how we can see the atrocities happening in other countries and nations. <clears throat> and yeah. we don't say all oh, that sad and stuff like that until we have to get involved in it. Then we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. Let's not think too fast there. And, <laughs> you know, it's crazy to say that, but that's how our culture is. It's like, we care until we have to be involved in it and act, actively do something about it. Right. Like, and, even and, if you look at the, um, the war in Iraq and everything that went on there, we had an active, we participated because it actively involved us. Right, and we always talk about, uh, we've lost... You know, 430-something, I'm just peeling a number. I think it's like 3,000. But, you know, we lost 4,300 uh, U.S. troops. Yeah, you did. And that's terrible that those people lost their lives. And I agree for their families. But there's 30,000 other people that died in that as well. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's like those, those people are our people, too, just because they, it doesn't hit and I get it. It's human nature, right? I'm not trying to vilify people for, for this or anything like that, but it's, it's just something that I, I try to be slightly more aware of now. I, I wasn't always sensitive to it. And sometimes, I, I, like I said, my bias, we all have biases. And, you know, you could be biased as a Cubs I'm a Cubs fan. I'm biased towards White Sox and Cardinals fans. You know what I mean? So it's like we all have our bias. But, um, but that bias is a little bit more important and something that we should try to you know, we're supposed to be the leaders of the free world. So let's act like that and not say, oh, well, they get away with this behavior in Denmark. So why, why can't we get away with it? Well, that's thinking like a bronze medalist. Let's yes. think like a gold medalist. Yes. And we're not anti-bashing America. We're not bashing America. We're just saying as Americans, some of the things that we can improve on. Yeah, Ha says a lot. I can love America and still call her out on her, on her underbelly. Yes, and that's very important. You know? I think that's one of the most important things and rights we have as Americans, where we can sit there and discuss some of the things that are wrong with it and see how we can make those things better. Right. If you have a kid and your kid falls in mud or says, you know, are you going to not wipe him off? Oh, how dare you try to wipe my son, the dirt off my son? You think he's... Uh, he, he's good the way he is. No, you're going to try to groom your kid to not play in the friggin' mud all the time. You know what I mean? Or if, you'll, if you hear your kid say something like a curse word or something like that, you're going to try to correct that behavior. You're not just going to say, oh, well, how dare I try to change my child because I love him and I can't love him and correct him at the same time. Yes, you actually can. You can do the same with your country as well. To not do so, is the antithesis of patriotism, in my, in my view. I agree, because let's, let's be honest. There was a time when slavery was cool in this country. We fixed that. <laughs> there was right. a woman couldn't well, vote in this country. We fixed un that. Unfortunately, there were other times when slavery was cool. Um, was, uh, I, I think that's what you said, when slavery was, because obviously we've had, this world has been filled with, um, and, and the Bible is filled with justifications for slavery. So, yes. But, um, you know, obviously, and that's another thing. It's like people don't, you know, we should have given reparations for the descendants of slaves 110 years ago. We shouldn't be talking about this now. 
Yeah. The right is right. We shouldn't be talking about this now, but they're wrong. But, but the, the reason why we shouldn't be talking about it is because it should have happened a long time ago. Yeah. I th- and the thing about that, and we're going to get in that part, I think when you really look at things, there are so many other things you can give black people reparations for. Yeah. If you yeah. look at like the, if you and, go and back Native to the, Americans too. Yeah. In general, like you go back to the whole black wall street thing and the black mm-hmm. Panthers and poisoning streets with drugs and stuff like that. And the things that have been documented on how yeah, the, home, the homestead act redlining, you know, yes. that the, obviously Jim Crow is the big elephant in the room. Yes. Um, you know, so it's, or at the, even though that was more of a Democrat policy at the time before the, the Southern strategy, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, that's something that, <clears throat> something that's a, that, that I try to do a lot is like, I'm not perfect, obviously, but I try to talk to white people about this a lot because people, when it comes to racism, that's one of the things we talk about a lot is, and I've regurgitated this line over the past year, a lot of times in a lot of different scenarios. Um, but like people will, people will say like, first of all, the left does throw around the term racism a little bit too liberally, no yes. pun intended. Um, what they should do is they should use the word bias. Um, but people need to draw a line between racism and oppression also. Like there is oppressive racism and then there's just, I don't like Hispanics or whatever. Yes. You know what I mean? That, that's, that's just a personal racist view. It's still not good, but, I'm, you know, but people throw around the word racism um, a little bit liberally on the left and, and, and they're a little bit too slow to forgive. Like, you know, this thing with Ralph Northam in Virginia, if he had done, handled it the right way, and then there was another one yesterday, I think, Mississippi or Alabama or something, the governor. Yeah, um, I, I just glancingly saw that this morning. But, you know, if, if you, like, I know I'm getting away from where I was, what, what my story, I'll, I'll put a pin in that and come back. But, like, I was, when I was in college, I went to a bar, and I've told this story before. I went to a bar uh, called the Cubby Bear. and this was in those who are from or around Illinois will remember um, that there was a, a Klan rally in Skokie, Illinois, um, around the mid, early to mid 2000s. And um, it might have been the late 90s. And um, it was a pretty big deal. Like people were protesting them getting out, getting out of the, the rally and everything like that, not wanting it there. And um, I went to a bar and I was wearing a white baseball hat at the time. And um, I took a napkin and cut holes in it and put the nap, tucked the napkin up in my hat so it looked like I had a sheet over my head. And I started making fun of the KKK. I was like, I'm going to bang my sister. Bo-. Oh, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought I turned the ringer off. I actually turned it on. <laughs> um, that's a big mistake there. Uh, but I, I, I was rocking around talking about, you know, just like lampooning the KKK. And you know, I've thought about that a few times. Like, yeah, I know that I was trying to like make fun of racists. So it's not like I felt like I did something super bad, but at the same time, people who didn't know what I was doing, just glancingly saw it from across the room. They didn't know what I was doing. You know what I mean? Like they could have taken it the wrong way. I could have offended someone. And like, if that was today and, and someone took a video of that, can you freaking imagine? you know, that, how that would go. And, um, you know, even if it was done for the right reason, but the, um, 
and I'm not saying it was, I'm just saying I was, you know, I was a dumb kid. I just was trying to be funny and get girls. It was amazing that I thought that would help. Um, <laughs> but, um, but nonetheless, you know, you, if, if someone does something 20 years ago and they show that they have changed as a person and they're trying to do, and, and, and then they have a track record since then of doing things the opposite of that. We need to let that person back in. And the left is a little bit weird about that. Like they, they're like, oh, you can never do anything. I'm like, then why bother having these campaigns that go out and try to flip white, white supremacists? Like there's a show on CNN right now. Um, I think it's called Fighting Hate or something like that, where the guy is a former skinhead. And he goes around and he's like talking to white supremacists and trying to flip them and does in a lot of cases flip them. So you're going to, what are you going to say? That person? Yeah. You, oh yeah. And we're glad you're not a white supremacist anymore, but you know what? You used to be, so we're still not going to hire you. Yeah. I think why, why flip? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because this is something I've been talking about a lot lately in terms of how this whole cancel culture that we adapt. Right. To. And it's crazy because if you really talk to people, most people don't agree with it, it seems like. It's just that loud echo scope that's on Twitter or yes. Instagram or Facebook that kind of like every time something happens, they want to cancel somebody. And, and I asked the question a couple, I think, I want to say not too long ago, about who, who really got canceled in this whole cancel culture thing? Me. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's a whole other story. And we're going to get into that story, but if you really look at it like, Louis C.K., they tried to cancel him. He's still working. Right. The whole thing, which was absurd. Michael Jackson, they tried to cancel Michael Jackson because of a documentary. Then it comes up that a lot of the things in the documentary was not actually you just, saw, you just watched Chappelle, didn't you? No, I didn't watch it yet. Oh, that he talks about both those things. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I haven't watched it yet. I got to watch it. I'm going to watch it probably tonight. But yeah. Then you have the whole documentary comes out. They try to cancel Michael Jackson. Go do this whole. I'll give you a better example than that. The whole Johnny Depp thing. Do you remember that? Johnny Depp. What was the Johnny? I don't recall that one. His wife was. Um, he was getting. He ended up getting a divorce from his wife. I think Amber heard her name. Yeah. And it, st stories came out that he was all being abusive and being a jerk to her and stuff like that. At first, and everybody was like, "Cancel Johnny I didn't know Depp." That. And it happened during the time right when uh, the last Pirates of the Caribbean movie came out. Oh, okay. So yeah, I didn't know that. completely flopped because of it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't even know that he was married to Amber Heard, a girl from Aqua, Aquaman. Yeah. And um, then it comes out like a couple, what is it, like six or seven months later that, no, Johnny Depp wasn't the one who was being abusive to her. There's a whole bunch of police reports and things like that where it's showing that she was abusive to him. Yeah, but people don't want to hear that, though. It's the left. Look, I'm on the left side a lot lately. A lot. A lot. Like on almost every topic, except socially. And when I say socially, I mean like their, um, who they allow into their circle. You know, who they, who they would like to fraternize with. And they're just, one redeeming quality that the right does have is because they tie themselves to um, 
Christianity, they do tie themselves also to the, um, to the element of forgiveness. They're a lot quicker to forgive and accept people back than the left is. Like, how, how long are we expecting to have Liam Neeson pay for thinking about doing something racist and then thinking, God, I, I was a total ass for thinking that. Why would I think that? I need to come out and talk about it so I can help other people. Oh, you had a bad thought once. You're not allowed to, uh, we're, we're going to boycott all your movies because you admitted you did something wrong. You yeah. know, like that's just not the way that we treat human beings in our personal life. You know, it's, it, it, and I'm not sure that we should try to, I mean, Liam Neeson will be fine. I'm sure one way or the other, he's got money, but you know, where, where are you going to apply that at the target down the street too? You know, it's like, Oh, you know, this guy, he, he wrote something, uh, he, he wrote some racist graffiti in high school on the bathroom wall. So we're not going to hire him, even though he's, you know, um, now married to someone of a different race and is advocating for, you know, equal rights and, you know, this sort of thing. He's doing a lot of good in the community, but he did something stupid when he was 17. You know, that's why I think like Brett Kavanaugh should have just admitted that he, that he tried to, you know, sleep with that girl. If he would have just said, Hey, you know what? No, no, no. He said no. Yeah, he did. You're going to tell me it's not realistic that he should that he would have done that. Like, I know why I say that because I think that opened up a can of worms for him. It opens up a can of worms for him in a, in a way, but he could have very easily all all he had to do was say, "Look, I I, I drank a lot when I was a kid. You know, I, I admit I had a drinking problem. I remember her. I don't remember that incident, but." If it happened, I, I, I am so sorry that I would have ever done that to you. You know, something like that, like, because the way that he did it, we knew that he was lying. Like, the, on, on the right, they'll tell you, oh, she was clearly lying. Yeah. Look, I have a daughter who was raped. Go fuck yourself if you're going to say you're not going to believe. I'm not saying you have to believe, you know, believe everything they're saying is correct because there are women that lie. Look at Derek Rose. You know, um, look at Kobe. But the, but at the same Duke lacrosse team, right? You know, but there's a lot of incidents of women who lie. Tupac said it in, in his song, you know, because a groupie turned a trick and told a lie. But the thing is, is that you still have to trust, but then verify, just like you would in a business situation. If a, yes, an employee comes to you and they say, hey, uh, such and such stole $5 from the um, register. All right, I'm going to trust you, but I'm going to verify this first. And if I can't verify it, then I'm not going to prove it. And I think, I don't think that, Kavanaugh would have not been confirmed if, uh, because I mean, he, they were going to confirm where they wanted to anyway, but you know, it's the facts of that story add up to him doing at least something close to what oh, yeah. it, it definitely said. does. But I think the fact that he's denying it in the, in the way, this is the way that home, even Trump gets away with it because well, he's got 16 he so people. Much, he just straight up lies. Yeah. And people, his side will always stay on his side as long as he's essentially saying, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And the same thing kind of essentially happened with um, Brett Kavanaugh. Since because he was saying, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Even though people kind of know, okay, you did something. I think he was also protecting, and I'm actually going to do one of my talks on this on on my vlog soon. I'm going to talk about this in depth. Um, But I think he also, because of the fact that he, masquerades himself as an evangelical who was a virgin when he got married that he has to he's protecting himself from his wife too yeah you know what i mean and but like that's the thing on the right is like 
yeah, they'll, they'll, they not, it's good that they forgive people, but at the same time, they, they look at things that like, they look at people and, they, and they'll say, Oh, you know, this is not racist. This is not racist. This is not racist. The left again, a little bit, they, they throw so many snowballs at you that some of those snowballs are going to melt on the way. Cause they're just BS. Yes. But like there are people who said, oh, Jesse Smollett is, is still justified because, you know, he, because it does happen just because he was lying about it. He was trying to do something right. No, fuck Jesse Smollett. Yeah. Right? But, the, but the thing is, like, on the, on, the, on the right wing, they say, well, I can't be racist because my friend at work is black. Or I, I, I was on the Delvin Cox Experience podcast, and I like Delvin. He was a really nice guy. He's one of the good ones. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what they say. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's, or they, they think, look, you could be married to a black woman as a white guy and still, still hold some, some biases. I'm not saying you're racist, but you can hold biases against the aggregate community. And it happens for black people, too. Yeah, black of course. people have thoughts about African communities and African about black, you know, and, and about Spanish communities and other communities as well. Racism is not, bias is not, uh, does not see skin color. You know, you can have all types of bias, but like if someone imposes a oppressive policy that is aimed at minorities and that, but they happen to be married to a Jewish person, that does not mean that they're not doing something racist. That just means that they're, you know, they're married to a Jewish person, but they yes. still hold poor views of Jews at large or Mexicans at large or whatever. You know what I mean? Like people say, oh, I, I can't, Trump can't be racist because his son-in-law, this happens a lot. Trump can't be racist because he allowed Ivana to marry a Jew. What? Yeah. How on earth is that a defensive? And you, there are Jewish people who are racist. There are people who are married to Jews who are racist against blacks, but happen, and there are others who may like black people, but hate Muslims or, and then just hate all Arabs because of it. You know what I mean? Like, just because you're married to a Jew does not give you a get out of jail free card to say that you don't have any biases. That is very true. Very, very Jesus. true. It's like, it's so mind numbing to me how people think that they defend themselves from this shit all the time. They'll say, oh, you're, you're the real racist. I have a black neighbor and we, he comes over for barbecues. <sighs> what? <laughs> Turns out Twitter's not a good place to have a conversation, but. Oh. Oh, we, we, I digress. I sorry. I sorry. I, I, I ramble when it comes to this because there's so much. Hit, to, hit it around the head. We're gonna yeah. get it there right now. <clears throat> so big controversy. <laughs> let's hear, let's hear what happened. Yeah. Oh, with the Twitter. Yeah, you since you so, brought it up, let's bring it up. Yeah. So we had um, a voice from underground Twitter uh, was uh, had about I don't know eight thousand followers, um, and. Right after the shooting in um, El Paso and Ohio, like the day or two after that, um, Ben Shapiro had posted something. And he posted uh, something about red flag laws, right? Which, which I strongly support, red flag laws. And Dana Loesch, uh, the NRA spokeswoman, she came out and she said, red flag laws are a terrible idea, blah, 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 to Ben Shapiro. Like they were having this, it was like this kissy argument where they're like, I love you, but you're stupid and wrong. Yeah. You know, um, so somebody posted on there and said, you know, um, I agree with Dana. And I was like, why? And he was like, and he said some reason. And I was like, 
So I came back, I rebutted that reason. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, so the meat of it is, I, I, I asked him, I said, explain to me why you think red flag laws are a bad idea. Now, remember, I'm advocating for restrictions against guns, okay? He gave me a scenario, which was meant to be anecdotal in a way, or analogous to something. And he said, not analogous, but he, meant, he gave me an example, a sarcastic example. And he said, well, if, I, if, my, if me and my 20 friends don't like you, we can all call the police and basically sabotage you uh, with this conspiracy collusion. And the, then they're going to come and take away your guns because we made up a story. That was, that was not verbatim what he said, but that was the gist of it. Yeah. And I read that and I was like, okay, that's silly. And I'll tell you why it's silly. Because while what he said was not specifically false, um, I answered him and I said, since you like to answer people with sarcastic answers that don't solve anything, and I even wrote in there that this was sarcasm when I was writing, I said, um, I've just decided that you and your 20 socialist immigrant friends are invading my country and I'm going to grab my gun and end you all. And in a subsequent tweet, I wrote, um, you know, does this look, sound familiar? Because this is exactly what happened yesterday. And your freedoms are important, but they are not more important than people's lives. And I would rather be ganged up on by 20 people and prove my day in court than have someone also, you know, someone decide they don't like you and then come and shoot up your school or your place of business. So Twitter flagged... I, Dana Loesch blocked our account and she coordinated an effort and I was verified this through a couple different people uh, to, to, to have people report my, the one tweet out of this, you know, whole thread string of like five tweets uh, that I had written and Twitter suspended me. And when they first suspended me, I was like, okay, well, they're going to, they're going to figure it out. You know, they're going to, you got context is always key, right? It even says in the tweet, this is sarcasm analogy. Um, but after two weeks, they finally emailed me yesterday and said, uh, it's permanently suspended. So we started up a different one. Um, you know, it sucks to lose the subscribers, but I, I, I'm not even sure I would have wanted to, to, to word that differently because the point, even though the guy feels like he won because he silenced the voice voice against him, he knows what I said was accurate. You know, I, I would imagine if he's intelligent. And by the way, this guy was neither an immigrant nor a socialist. He was a white Trump supporter, at least according to his profile picture. So, um, you know, it's like the fact that it could have been taken as a serious threat is a little bit silly to me. But I do appreciate the fact that Twitter looked at it because what I wrote, if a bot picked, you know, picked it up, you could say, okay, I have to look at that. And I appreciate the fact that they do that and that they do look at that, right? Because we don't want that to happen in real life or something, somebody tweets something and, oh, Twitter ignored this tweet. And then the guy, next day, the guy shot 20 people. Um, but after two weeks to go back and then double down and say, you're permanently suspended for, um, and if you want, I can send you the string of tweets. I have screenshots of them. You can put them in your show notes. Um, to me, that's dishonest on the on the side of Twitter, and so much for the the narrative that um, Twitter has a left leaning bias. 
Well, you, you know, that's, that's, you know, to get into that, it's a narrative that they started because it's not true. Oh, the right. Th- yeah, I mean, and, and there are right-wing people who are suspended. Let's think of who they were. Oh, Alex Jones. Yeah, he's a little crazy. Yeah. So now I think that Alex Jones should still have a voice, but Twitter is, and, and honestly, even though I think Twitter was dead wrong in our case, I do support the fact that Twitter can ban whoever they want because it's their, their platform. It's their, it's their platform. They own it. It's their business, right? Like if I, if I um, you know, open a restaurant and I don't like, and I don't want people to come in there without shoes on, I don't have to let you come in there without shoes on. Yeah. You know, I, I can have policies as long as they're not saying, oh, you can't come in because you have green skin. That's, 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 a, that's a racist policy against yeah. green people. But naked people can't come in here. You know, so, but Twitter has the right to do that. I just think, obviously, I think they were wrong. I think they were dishonest, but I don't, I'm not opposing their rights, though, to, to uh, manage their business in the way that they see fit. So, yeah, I agree. With that. I think that we live in a time where everybody's hypersensitive because so much is going on right now in terms of. Right. It seems, I don't know how true this is or not that we're more volatile towards each other, whether, whether it's right-leaning or left-leaning. Even if oh, you're God. a centralist, if you're a centralist like yourself, people would kind of tell you, well, pick a side. Yeah, well, that's so stupid because I, I, it's so irritating to me to be called. I've, I've had days where I'm called a leftist and um, a racist Republican in the same 30 second period right there. I'm a libtard and a racist at the same time. It's, um, it's just, it's so crazy. Like there's never been a more toxic time politically speaking and it transcends into other things like religion too. But like this anti-Muslim bias in the Christian community is really disturbing. Um, not to, that doesn't, I'm not, advocating i mean i'm I'm not absolving muslims from their biases either but not at all muslims are horribly biased against the christian world you know but um but again we're america we're going for the gold medal we're not going for the bronze here so you know it's sorry i have a little scratchy throat today but it's a a centrist and i said this today on, on my initial vlog is i could be a centrist and you could be, let's say that you're a, a, a radical centrist as well. You could, you could hold the view that, let's say that you believe that um, the wall is a really good idea and that we should curb immigration. That's your, that's your view, right? And my view is, is the wall is racist and we should increase immigration. But on the other hand, I am pro-life and you are pro-choice. Technically, you're a centrist, and so am I, but, that, but we agree, dis- disagree on two issues. But the difference is, is that we're not disagreeing because that's what our party decided we're going to disagree on. Yes. I'm not going to let either party dictate what I believe. So I, I look at the facts, and I look at the individual issue, and I say this is where the stance that makes the most sense for me right now. And if it happens to be the stance picked up by a political party, so be it. It's still, to me, the right one. 
that is a centrist. A centrist is not, but, but there's this stereotype of centrist out there that we're, you know, uh, we can't make up our minds and we don't take a strong position. My position on, say, um, immigration is very strong. My position on healthcare is extremely strong, but it's not, I, I don't hold those views based on the fact that a part that I want, I want to follow a particular political party or I want them to be in line with the party. I hold those views because that's what makes sense to me. And furthermore, if you come to me and you, you say, okay, Jason, I, I disagree with you and this is why, I'm open to my mind being changed because I don't expect that I have every right answer. I, now, you better come with the receipts, come with the facts to get me to change my mind and bring something tangible to the table. But if you have better facts and, and, and more and a compelling argument that maybe I should at least think about, maybe I'm not right. I'm willing to do that. People aren't willing to do that, especially on the right wing, but also on the left because they're afraid that they might lose some followers. You tell me, I'll tell you what, Delvin, when you see Candace Owens take a stand against any right wing policy, I'll come wash your car. I'll drive wherever you live from California and I'll come out and wash your car. Never going to happen. Thankfully, thankfully, I don't have the gas money. But, <laughs> but, but, but it's, she won't do it because you don't want to know why? Because she won't, she doesn't want to lose her follower. Yes. That's why she's fake, by the way. That's a whole other topic for another day. Like I can do a whole podcast on Candace Owens. You should. Because she's got to be exposed as the, as the cowardly sellout um, fake that she is. That's like exactly, that is a whole like, hour-long conversation. from Fox News? Oh, yeah. There, there's, you know, Wayne Dupree. You don't know who Wayne Dupree is? Look him up. C.J. Pearson. I mean, there's, it's, it's really pathetic. Very pathetic. But whatever. Man, it's been great, Jason, man. It's been awesome. Hey, man, I, I appreciate it. I'm sorry I just ramble. I'm like <laughs> no, that. Was quite, quite fine. Didn't mind at all, man. You did great. Gotta have you back hey, on. man, I will tell you. Well, uh, thank you very much for that podcast that you did um, where you did uh, a series on race where you brought some other, you know, some people from different backgrounds onto your show. Um, about six months ago, that was you completely broke up just then. Oh, I'm sorry. What did you hear there? Because I I saw you froze. Thank you. That's what I heard. <laughs> oh, I was I said thank you for the um. You got you did a series um about. Uh, six months ago on, on, you know, br- you brought people on your show for talking about different um, aspects of race in America. Yes. And that was an absolutely fantastic series. And I, I learned a lot by listening to that. And I just want to say thank you for bringing content like that out there because it is, that, that was some top notch quality audio, my friend. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Need to listen to the new one then. Uh, if there's a new one, I didn't hear the new one yet. No, but I will go listen to the new one. About gun control in America. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That, well, you're on my subscription list, so I'll get to it. 
It's three episodes. Really good, really interesting. All right. I look forward to listening to that. Definitely. Man, it's been great having you on. You got to come back on again soon, man. Hey, man. I look forward to it, and we'll have you back as well. I got to have, actually, I got to have all you guys on here. You and House would have a great conversation. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, so um, we'll, you, you should look at getting him on. You guys would have some, some riveting stuff to talk about, so he's a lot of fun. Definitely. All right, everybody, Devil Cock Experience, we are out. Peace. Better. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Devil Cock Experience. If you'd like more content, you can go on patreon.com slash the Delvin Cox Experience. There, you will find bonus podcasts and a lot more content. Also, shout out to Patreon producer, Ben Goodwin, a.k.a. UK Ghost Rider. If you want to check him out, go on Twitter at ghostwriter underscore UK. Thank you.